This is a Crow's Nest podcast. And welcome back to Titanic Talkline. I am Alexia, and for the third time, I have Gally. Ahoy, 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 ahoy! And we are doing episode. I almost said season. Thank God it's not season. Episode three, three of the Titanic mini series. Yes, and I think that the way I said it is the most interesting thing about this thing. Yeah, this. I would this agree. Episode- uh, I I just want to get right into it immediately though because the first thing I wrote down in my notes is that is forty thousand eggs is Gaston on board. <laughs> Sorry, did, you, <laughs> did you want to read the quick Wikipedia? Oh entry, yeah. Or would you like? Did like I want to give any? That? Did I want to give any context at all to this show, or did I just want to go right into my dumb joke? No, um, if you have not watched this episode of the actual of the actual twenty twelve Titanic <laughs> miniseries, um. Good you luck. Do the summary. Yeah. No, you did the summary this time. I did. I did it last right. time. Okay. Uh, so this is straight from Wikipedia um, about Thank you, the. Wiki. Thank you, Wiki. About episode three of the 2012 Titanic series. Italian stoker Mario Sandrini gets a job on the ship, and he also manages to secure passage for his brother Paolo as the only foreign waiter in the first-class dining saloon. Paolo instantly becomes smitten with cabin steward Annie Desmond. Watson brings Lady Manton's jewel case down to steerage, and Barnes is shocked to discover why. (laughs) Meanwhile, Paolo startles Annie with an impulsive gesture. Mary finally lets her guard down with Peter, enraging her husband Jim. But their argument is interrupted when the iceberg strikes— (laughs) And fear builds in steerage as passengers find themselves behind locked gates. Peter helps Mary and her children escape, and after Mario is dragged away by the two seamen, passengers from steerage manage to get up on deck, Jim and Peter in their midst. When up on deck, the Earl of Manton helps Mary and the children into a lifeboat, but, in the scramble for safety, Mary's terrified daughter Teresa bolts back inside the sinking ship, followed by her father. Mario and the other Italians from Gatti's restaurant have been locked in in a storage cupboard, and, after Paolo sees Annie safely to a lifeboat, he goes in search of his brother. Paolo struggles to open the locked cupboard as the water quickly rises around him. I I kind of found that summary unintentionally funny. It Every summary for this... I think this is, again, a symptom of that thing I keep talking about was like you cram so much into it that when you're trying to describe it all, it just sounds like a story told by a six-year-old. And then, and then, and then, and then, and then we're eventually just like, (laughs) what are you talking about? I I just, I did particularly like the line about uh, Watson brings Lady Manton's jewel case down to steerage and Barnes is shocked to discover why, because it sounds like a clickbait article. (laughs) it does it sounds like a weird tiktok we're about to hear like a fake podcast be like we gotta talk about this girl going down there right mate so this girl she's going down there no reason and he's got to figure it out with this mystery and you're just like what are you talking about (laughs) and in the jewel case was actually a penis like what yeah the uh, 
it's just there's so much that princess also thinks there's a lot happening yeah um i i wrote down in addition to my forty thousand eggs is gaston on board comment uh this is where we see i wrote down so few notes for this show because it was this episode because it was so goddamn boring um i wrote down just all the women suck because this every single woman in this show i don't remember exactly what prompted me to write that down but something someone does pretty early on in the episode just led me to be like every single woman in the show is awful you know okay so i wrote a few more notes before that note but i okay, did write okay, a really okay. similar note so so this this episode is where we start with um uh, a year before in 1911 where yes. churchill shows up like oh my god i completely forgot about that because i did not write anything about that jesus yeah and this is and this is where we get a little bit of the backstory on peter who we alluded to what we directly said last episode it's supposed to be peter luboff um and this is where we actually figure that out because churchill is like looking into uh the i forget what he was the butcher of but uh the peter the painter yeah, Peter the painter, but they say he's like the butcher of something. something oh gosh, I don't remember. You're right. And that's where they're like, oh, we need to find this. And this is also where we meet a completely unimportant detective character who also gets onto the Titanic to oh yeah search for Peter the painter. Why? I also will say that when you this goes back to the whole when you have this many characters, I lose track of. I cannot literally keep track of 17 small secondary characters. That's too many plot lines to follow. Yeah. Also, this was a completely unnecessary plot line. That's true. Uh, this is making it even worse. But yeah, I have I have absolutely no idea what part of the scene I was watching either. Nope. But I did write a note that said everyone who isn't miserable gets immediate love interests. <laughs> Oh, God. It's true, though. I wrote down a line for episode four. And instead of writing the line down 79 times, which is what I wanted to do, I just wrote a giant box around it, which is lots of declarations of love. So this is the episode where a lot of those are are set up. Mm -hmm. A lot of the um, love, the the declarations that happen are set up in this one. Yeah, this is where so many people get to meet their 24-hour fiancé. <laughs> and 24-hour fiancé is a great... I love that. It's what they are. No, it's um, true. Uh, it just... It it just makes everything so much more into perspective. Again, it's like it's like when you actually break it down and realize that Romeo and Juliet was one of those many things where it's like it took place over the course of, what, three days? Yeah. And Titanic, the movie, and this show also are supposed to take place basically over the course of, you know, the five-day voyage. It's no time at all. It really isn't. Um, And speaking of it being, like, no time at all, uh, (laughs) we do get Paolo and Annie, our two uh, servant romance story. Yes. Um, they, They meet each other. And I, again, I don't remember what the full context was here, but Annie says... I won't have gone far, not on a ship. And which is a very I just want obvious to think about statement. how big it is. Yeah, but well, I want to think about how big the Titanic is. And like she probably could have at least disappeared a little bit. 
I will say it reminds me of the line from um, Cameron's Titanic when Lovejoy tells Cal none of the servants have seen her and Billy Zane goes, it's absurd. It's a ship. There's only so many places she could be. That exact same same energy with, the, with that yeah. line. Yeah. But I mean, I could be in a, a small office building and not see somebody for days. That's true. But again, I think one more silly, not not a silly point necessarily, but sort of one more point to that notion is that there were a lot of class barriers in place at that time. And I I mean, I say that almost like it's a joke, but I literally mean it. You know, we see it a couple of times. I think it's this episode where Annie's trying to just get through a crew passage and an officer tells her no. Because yeah. that passage is off limits for some reason. But there was a lot of that style of thing where it's sort of, you know, there there was, we, we talked about it before, there was not a lot of mixing of the classes. There was a lot of these social barriers in places. So I think that when she says that, I think she's also not just referring to the Titanic being really big, but also like, where would she as a maid be allowed to go? That's fair. There's a lot of areas where fair. she just wouldn't be allowed. Excuse I mean me. that hasn't stopped anybody any of the characters in this oh my god it stops nobody show. but theoretically it yeah. should yeah it hasn't everyone is just able to go where they need to go at any time that it needs to be um also I wrote Lorath as a troublemaker oh yes 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 um Ralph Innocent is the actor who plays I'm never going to remember that. I yeah, but Lorath is for those of you who did not play Diablo. Uh, Lorath Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Name. It's uh, Sid. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'm um, not helping. I mean, Lorath is a troublemaker in Diablo, but that's a different podcast. It is a different podcast. Anyway, I'm sorry. My jokes are not not good enough for that interruption. I I just I wrote a note about how ooh the servants are flirting. Dude, the servants are flirting. Yeah. And I mean, again, talking about a little bit being anachronistic, I mm-hmm. I really would like to know how much how present this was in nineteen twelve. Because I know in cruise ships now, oh yeah. Anybody who's working on a cruise ship is going to be highly fraternizing with other people working on the cruise ship or not I, on the cruise ship. <laughs> I don't know. Because here's the thing, like people have been like slipping away and hooking up and all these things and flirting and doing this since people figured out how to do all of those things. So I feel as though it was probably as common as people allowed it to be like where, you know, and I, I don't know, I because I, I just don't know that much about sort of working class attitudes towards interpersonal fraternizing, if that makes sense. Jesus, princess. We had technical difficulties. I don't remember exactly what happened. What's that? What you were you were saying something? So you want to restart your thought? Do you remember what it was? Uh, I was hit by an iceberg, so I'm so sorry about that. Okay. Um, it totally got into my brain. But we were talking about how the servants were flirting. There, everyone was flirting all over. I was saying that. Um, I I don't know much about the social attitudes 
involving sort of like interworking class. But I imagine that, you know, like, so it's one of those things where it was definitely a slightly more prudish culture. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, you know, how discouraged this 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 might have been or not been. I do think it would have been discouraged to be this obvious about it. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> I kind of, you know, I kind of feel like um, uh, Lightbringer would have stopped by and been like, hey, guys, or Light Troller, sorry, mm-hmm. uh, would have just, you know, stopped by because he's literally everywhere on the ship. He is at the all times present. And he's um, psychic, apparently. Yeah, I feel like he would have come and, and put a stop to this flirting. Yeah, because they're on the clock. But and again, like yeah, last week uh, when I brought up, they were just promenading on the first class deck, like out in the open, not even trying to be coy. Him in his uniform, her in her uniform with her hair covering her ears. Just I, I don't understand. But yeah, just wandering around like here we are. Yeah. It has the exact same feel to me as it did the scene in um episode one where Georgiana and that guy just openly make out on the first class promenade deck in front of everyone. Yeah, and it was a little bit obvious uh, or a little bit opposite from uh Peter and Mary's flirting, I guess. I don't know what to oh, call it. Oh my god. That 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 what that's once again a, a victim being stalked. Yeah, but I don't know. I was I was still just completely confused about how this relationship was supposed to be. Did they actually have a history with each other before? I don't um, think so. Yeah. So There's again, no this, way. So it makes it even more perplexing as to why she reacted the way that she Mary reacted the way that she did when Peter found her kid who had run off. I don't know. It the whole interaction was weird. Like I said, she either based on her her reaction alone, not on anyone's notes, based on her reaction, she either knows who he is, like happens to somehow know he's a serial killer or is just absolutely scared of him for whatever reason. Yeah. And it's not immediately ascertainable, but um two overly dramatic things that i wrote down happened in this episode the first is something we can circle back to because it's not as interesting mm-hmm. it involves the maid and the second one is this where mary and peter meet up on the deck and have a very weird tense conversation and then just start making out right i i think i saw that um because this was after their their uh sunday service right yes this is supposed to be later on that day i'm pretty sure yeah because i think that this is when we see them at the sunday service uh and we actually get to hear what peter said oh yeah that's right um but then after yeah when they when they're just kind of out in the open for lack of a better word going at it uh i did write down that this is the doomed romance episode It is the doomed romance episode. This is all the terrible things. I wrote down this is the least chemical. It is the entire miniseries. (laughs) I wrote down this is the least chemical relationship. Like there is zero chemistry at all here. The chemistry is all fear. There's fear is the chemistry here. Yeah. And fear is the mind killer. But apparently it is the um, heart engorger 
as well. So good to know. It's just super wild. So, Because again, they basically have another argument. They make out for a little bit. And then her husband shows up, punches Peter, who walks away. And then Mary just gaslights up, gaslights the shit out of Jim, where she's like, you put us in steerage. What did you expect? Right? What are you talking about, ma'am? What's such a strange logic jump? Like, well, you, you are the one who, uh, by no fault of your own, could not get us the tickets that I wanted on this ship. So it's also your fault that I am going to go make out with the, (laughs) with the next serial killer I see. (laughs) These tickets that I didn't even know were an option for us to have. Yeah. Like she, she says it as though this has been a long standing argument they're having. I'm sorry, you were saying also. No, I was going to say, I'm sure like being in that tiny cramped room with five children. Oh, God. It's probably not helping. I can't, 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 I can't. Like, that just seems awful. Also, that child is dumb. Oh, my God. So all of their kids are dumb. And, and I don't know anything about their... the other ones, but one of them in particular is a standout moron. Yeah, I think that was Teresa. Yeah, Teresa. Teresa is a standout moron. Yeah, because that's when that you're talking about the kid who they, uh, the Earl of Manton tries to put into a lifeboat, but then then one of the kids is like, no, my father. I must be with my father. Yeah. Yep. I am talking exactly about her. That kid is dumb. But this was, yeah. (laughs) I was just going to say, but yeah, that kid is annoying and dumb, and her mom is a gaslighter yeah and this was also the episode where we see so many people sneaking into different classes this was the episode where class ceased to be a problem you know it just they they solved it for this one when you when you think about it um just judging the activities that take place in the five days leading up to the iceberg on this ship it was wild the plot lines that might have happened if the iceberg didn't hit. Like, <laughs> if people were already sneaking into all of these different classes, if we already have this uh, doomed romance between uh, Peter and Mary, yep. what would have happened five more days later? Like, the entire many- ship would have been lit on fire. Yeah, how many people would have gotten engaged? How many people would have broken up? How many people would have just, I don't know, given yeah. up? Because everyone's meeting people. This is turning into a singles cruise vibe deals. Oh, yeah. This is an orgy at sea that we are maybe starting to watch. It's getting very dramatic in there very fast. Mm -hmm. But the last thing I wrote down was about actual historical people. They the series portrays um, the Allison family and the Allison family has one of the few the only first class child that did not survive the sinking and did so this was a kicker in the head or something what uh no uh what happened what what happened was the so the allisons were traveling it's a um, mother father uh their daughter and the infant son and the nanny and when the rescue orders, when they were coming up on deck, I, I guess the nanny got really scared, was holding the baby and just took off for a lifeboat and immediately got on board and, and got out. 
but oh, she didn't yes okay. but she didn't tell the allison she had done that so they were wandering around looking for their kids so you see this woman towards the end she's holding a little girl and she says to mary as they're going by that they're looking for their son and then she follows the, um, her husband those are the re- those are supposed to represent the real life allisons they died along with their daughter the, the son and the nanny survived but they died looking for their son what this was about so i was i was so confused by that and i think i made a note as well that yeah this was like a weird horror story moment when we just walk in and see her like where's my child like what wow that did not come across it does not make any sense if you do not know who the allisons are and that's a weird thing because as you're saying the vibes are a little bananas on that yeah like I know that I know that a lot of people say um, that time moved a little more slowly in the past because we didn't have the internet or social media or anything like that. Nothing but, to distract you like that. Yeah, but if this miniseries is any indication, I would argue that time actually moved much, much faster with just the way that people's relationships uh, explode developed. Yeah. <laughs> I, okay, so <laughs> I. I'm still hung up on the fact that you brought up that it looks like a horror movie because it kind of does in the way that they introduce them because it's very odd. And again, I, it's, it's as I pointed out, you you have to know who the Allisons are for that to make any sense to you whatsoever. Otherwise, it's just like, who are these people? Yeah, it made no sense to me. I was just like, well, I guess that this is just kind of a weird, weird thing that happened. I did I did know the um, later on we'll talk about uh, Guggenheim and yes staying on board but i also thought that that was very strange because i didn't feel like there was enough of a like there were there's several characters here that i felt were either easter eggs or just kind of made up because it felt kind of 50 50 um, yeah <laughs> yeah and and the allison family is one of the ones where i was like i don't know if this is a real reference to something they are but because they're so out of place it's just kind of like meh you know what also really bothered me about this the whole show um yeah so you were talking about the maid yes i I was gee i knew i had a pin in something yeah that was the pin uh and the jewelry box and i was so frustrated with lady manton's uh really just the manton servant scenes that i also felt were both not needed and just kind of like annoying how panicky this maid was constantly her entire attitude was i am she's the marauders map come to life i solemnly swear that i am up to no good everything about her is just like what are you up to lady what are you what what why are you so sketchy it yeah and it was it was so melodramatic too because is this where she has the whole breakdown uh yes yeah um right right so it's it's where the the two uh manton servants um have a scene just in a hallway in a staircase specifically in a staircase in a staircase where she is just bawling her eyes out because oh no i accidentally accidentally stole 
uh, my lady's jewelry box, specifically this brooch. I hope she doesn't recognize it, but I feel really, really guilty about it because I needed this thing, but I feel really bad. So I'm going to set, I wrote down in my notes that she's a sociopath because it's not like she took the brooch and felt guilty and wants to return it. She felt guilty and wanted to make sure she didn't get caught. So she wanted to set somebody up to go down for it. Yeah. You're not a good person. (laughs) No. And I mean, it's later displayed that this dude, she tries to set up as a serial killer, but either way, it makes her intention pretty awful. Yeah. And he, the servant, he points it out to her when he catches up to her. He's like, you would have let someone else go down for you because she basically tells him like so i took the brooch and i put it in my suitcase not the case in my room because i knew that if they searched my room they'd find it i put it in the case in the cargo hold and the luggage hold and then i got nervous because she's going to notice that it's missing so she brings this um box down to third class and she tells the officer it's broken um, and I figured there might be a locksmith down with all these poor, poor bitches. So she goes <laughs> down there um, and she confesses all this to um, to Kenneth, the servant. And she's like, yeah, that way there would be proof of me bringing the box down and somebody else tinkering with it. So when they, you know, there'd be irrefutable proof that it wasn't me. It was like, you really, really thought this through. But. She also must have thought through her emotions, too, because that entire time she looked like she was um, set up like this was not her idea because of well, the way that she was bawling so much. Like, oh, God, I don't think she was intending on getting caught. I think that's all that yeah. was because she was like, why would you follow me? She was initially mad that he followed her. Then I think she just got upset and started crying because her plan fell apart and just kind of like shit but then he Um, offers to help her anyway he's like well we'll just get the we'll get the brooch out of your suitcase and we'll just make it right oh and i i was like okay i guess go ahead and help her um it won't matter anyway in just a few hours or where where are we at the minute mark maybe about 15 more minutes before the iceberg hits i have no idea but we also figured out that they were an insanely weird couple in episode one where she lost her absolute mind over a book and he was like i'll mend it for you and it was very obvious there was like you two are weird and have a strange bond yeah again more doomed romances yeah but this one seems completely unreciprocated he seems interested in her and she seems interested in schemes isn't it just that way man (laughs) you're interested in her and she's just interested in schemes just interested in schemes women don't want men they, they want just schemes. want schemes yeah well that's what this fucking maid wants she's just scheming and scheming and they try to do that thing again where they made fucking batley they were like oh she wanted to be a mother and this one it's like oh she's got a sick dad reasons and stuff stuff and reasons i, I did write a note wondering why she was crying so much though <laughs> she's crying way too much <laughs> she's just bawling Oh, she could have flooded the the ship with all those tears. It's secretly her fault. Um, I also made a note that every woman is just so easily gob- gobsmacked, like, by a man. Like, they absolutely cannot believe that a man would take a moment to give them any attention. Uh, and they take that attention and they're like oh my god i'm like 
so smitten with you unless you're my husband in which case please kindly fuck off are you talking about manton or batley specifically because that applies to both i was talking about both like i think i just (laughs) made this as like a general note um and and i was talking about mary too yes mary yeah because she was also like I mean, she's still like super weird with Peter, but when he yes. was showing her attention, she was like, oh my God, I'm just raptured by whatever you have to say to me. But then as soon as her husband, Jim, comes up, she's like, nope, I don't want any of that attention. <laughs> like, it's... you're a horrible person. Every woman is mean to her long term partner. Yeah. It's very this was a interesting. Cruise. This was a breakup cruise, but then all for the young people, it was a hookup cruise because then you got a. Paolo uh, proposing to Annie. Yeah. <laughs> 24 hour fiance. Yeah. And is it this one or the next one where Henry and Georgiana, Georgiana, they have their moment in the next episode, right? When everyone's declaring. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're the next episode, but yeah, like, like Annie and, and, and Paolo, um, how long did they know each other? Like, in the show, it seems like they only knew each other for less than five days. Yeah, three or four days. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, I must marry you. Titanic sail set sail on the 10th and sunk on um, the early, early, early morning of um, the 15th. Yeah. So, kind of rushing into things there, even for the time. I mean, it's exactly what Jack and Rose did, but... Was this just a thing? Did we did we move away? <laughs> no, I think we just are not teenagers anymore. Mm. I think that's what that. it is. I'm also thankful for that, but I'm kind of like I was on a cruise recently. There were some teenagers and pre-teenagers on that cruise. Yeah, how how many people did you um very quickly fall in love with and then very quickly fall out of love with while you were on that cruise and potentially well, went- get engaged to? I went on the cruise with someone I was in love with and I left with that same person. So that did not happen to me. But I do know that cruises are a good place for people to meet. But also there's also a lot of like kids and teens in that area, in that age range. And I can totally see where it's going to be like, you're going to be my cruise boyfriend. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. And it's very intense for those like five days that you're together. Because you got nothing else to do but spend all that time together. Don't worry. If we hit an iceberg, I'll let you stay on my door. Assuming we can find it in the chaos. Assuming we can find it in the chaos. Otherwise, I'm just oh. going to take what I can get, and you're kind of like on your own. Like I have yeah. a hey. Like I have well, a hey. Speaking of the chaos, so last episode you mentioned that that um, unless I'm losing my mind, but I think it was last episode where you mm-hmm. mentioned the whole you put you're the one who put us in steerage. What did you expect? Yeah, that was where that line came from. Yeah, so it's pretty much right after barry says that to jim again trying to make her cheating on him his fault Fault. um that's when the iceberg hits so about 33 minutes in we get our iceberg hitting oh yeah uh and and we get to witness the whole steerage area panic but we also get to just see peter stare creepily and stoically as per usual as per usual again why why i don't know why we needed him (laughs) no and honestly i didn't understand why we needed this entire pickpocket scene but that turns out to be 
quote unquote relevant in episode four for 12 seconds. Yeah. That no one needed. And and this is also like uh, another part of the movie where we see the detective who has been who I, I'm still confused as to like why he decided to hop onto the Titanic because he thought that Peter Luboff would be on there. But we see him actually like um, uh, confront Peter. Yeah. In a, yeah, in a particularly useless scene. <laughs> yeah. Like, no. I don't know how um, detectives are supposed to act in emergencies, but my <laughs> feeling is if if I were on a boat and I was a detective and I was like, ooh, I see the guy that I'm going after on this boat. And there was a gigantic emergency where the boat is literally sinking. My first thought would not be, I need to arrest him now. <laughs> no, and that's the entire feeling I got with the whole like arresting Jack for the diamond in Titanic, the movie, where it's kind of like, is now the time? Yeah. <laughs> not the time or the place maybe you should try to make sure that we both get onto a lifeboat and off of the ship so that then you can arrest me in safety yeah we'll have an argument later yeah we'll have it on the ship or we'll have it on the um the lifeboat yeah there's a i like the there's a book series i like called the pendragon series and there's a character in there named lure and she's you know a quite stoic sort of character <laughs> But there's a moment where, you know, she makes a mention like, yeah, she's my sister. And, but they're in the middle of a chaotic moment. And the main character is like, you never told me this was your sister. And she just looks at him and goes, would you like to have this discussion now? Very fair. Yeah. And then they just move along. But it's that kind of thing where it's like, sometimes you just need to be like, really? Now? Now is when you, now. Yeah. Like, we can do this right now, but I don't think it's what you want. Yeah. Also, what I don't think people wanted, uh, locking all of the Italians in a room so that they could just drown. That, so... that was another thing where I'm just like, I'm I'm sure that this is for some reason the thought process of these are not human beings. These are subhumans. So let's somehow prevent them from escaping. But it was just so such a strange thing to do. Was that real? No. There is no proof that so there were barriers in the same way that if you go on a cruise ship today, there are some barriers where there's crew only areas, but barriers on the Titanic were not massive like this. Again, most of the things held in place were like waist high barriers or just the notion that it's like you're not supposed to be here. You'll get in trouble if you're here. Yeah. So, no, they didn't have like a couple of randomly racist dudes cramming everyone into a room yeah just lock them in a closet and let them drown it was just such a strange concept again when everyone is trying to to like the ship is sinking if yep. they're going to die you don't have to help with that no it's a lot of energy to divert to a task that like there's a bit of a time limit on there was a lot of energy just in this show that I feel was not devoted to showing the people get, trying to get off, which I, arguably I feel would be just enough horror and panic. And not only that, but like this is the third episode in this show and not a whole lot happens during it. It's a very dry episode in terms of plot, which is interesting because we were just saying you almost feel like this could go out longer 
But yeah. this just shows you how much space is squandered in, in, in what they already have going on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and I will say, like, there was significantly more panic in this episode than there was in the first episode. Like, people actually, you started to feel that panic. The music did not enforce it, but you started no. to feel the panic that people were having. <laughs> yeah, despite the elevator music in the background. Yeah. It felt a little bit like stuff was starting to, like, like, uh, it's, like tensions were starting to rise a little bit. Yeah, and and we're, and I think that speaking of like not much happening, um, Italians get locked in a closet, and we also get to see uh, everyone getting onto the lifeboats. And I wrote a note, and I cannot remember why I wrote this note, but apparently Jim uh, doesn't like trust any man to help. I guess with loading. Yeah, the boat. seriously, dude, he is all over anyone that extends a hand in his family's direction. Yeah, and that was so strange. But thankfully, Lord Manton was there, who is the only made-up but good guy, I guess, of this plot, who's, like, his whole role is to just be bland but rich enough to be like, let me help people. I I, I actually want to help people, unlike my incredibly miserable wife, who I'm going to toss on the boat, and then we still have that cliffhanger of, ooh, is she actually going to, what's happening when she's on the lifeboat there? Right. It it's boring and stupid. It it was. And and this is also where we see uh Annie get onto the lifeboat and say goodbye to her twenty four hour Italian fiance. She says she's gonna kiss him in New York. She says that. But she haven't we that. all said that to our twenty four hour Italian fiance? Yeah, that's my closing line. That is that's mine as well. That's how I say goodbye. <laughs> Me too uh speaking of good i literally have nothing left for this one did you have anything left for this episode or i this ended on a a cliffhanger and my only cliffhanger note was and will the italians die i guess we'll find out next episode because that's how it just kind of ends yeah it ends with uh maybe the italians die this was this was to me the most useless episode in what are already not a lot of episodes like there's already some useless episodes here Mm -hmm. but no this one was dumb yeah everything in this episode could have been said better or differently in other episodes or just could have been completely omitted yep nothing was um nothing was necessary in this one yeah honestly i'm surprised that we were able to spend more than 15 minutes talking about episode three (laughs) well we've made it to 40 so uh thank you everyone for tuning in tune in next week for the exciting uh, not so exciting conclusion of this uh ridiculous uh show yeah will all of these cliffhangers actually uh have some type of conclusion or will we just listen to find out oh yes (laughs) bye titanic talk line was created and produced by me alexia Be sure to keep up with the show on all the social medias at Titanic Talkline on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That is all one word, Titanic Talkline, T-I-T-A-N-I-C-T-A-L-K-L-I-N-E. If you want to get in touch, be on the show, sponsor the show, or have a question or anything you want to tell me, send me an email at TitanicTalkline, again, all one word, at gmail.com. That's TitanicTalkline at gmail.com. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next time. Bye!